0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1TN5 for Thursday, February 24th. I'm Anthony Grassi, North Carolina A&T Chancellor Harold Martin on the Aggies' move to the CAA. "Quote: We want to be competitive. We don't want to just walk in and be a member. Everything we've done continues to focus on positioning our university as that aspirational, competitive, doctoral research land grant institution." Making the tough decision to accept the invitation by the Colonial Athletic Association to become one of its member institutions was ultimately a no-brainer for us. When we began a major conversation about evaluating athletics seven years ago, we've continued to evaluate the important role that athletics plays in the visibility, competitiveness, and brand recognition for our university. Martin points to the importance of investing in coaches, staff, and facilities, saying... We've begun some plans with our board. We've begun a lot of that discussion with the president of the UNC system. Much of that was begun already with acquiring War Memorial. We set aside funds there that will pay for the predominance of the major renovations there in a very significant way. Not surface renovations, but major in-depth support there and to meet some of the expansive athletic facility needs we have. The revenue sources we have options to create sponsors, corporate sponsors, as well as creating debt for the university. The Aggies fiscal year 20 budget was $15.4 million, but Martin notes, for us to be thinking that we can compete as successfully as we want to compete with a total athletics budget of anything less than $25 million would not be responsible. High-profile local media personality, Jeff Greer, writes on Louisville's hire of a new head men's basketball coach and how it could impact the chances. Interim athletic director, Josh Hurd, becomes the permanent boss for the Cards. Greer stating, is Hurd landing the permanent AD job at Louisville contingent on hiring New York Knicks assistant coach and Cardinals alum, Kenny Payne, the popular choice among former players and many fans? There are very powerful voices pushing for Payne, some of whom, have a say in the AD selection process. The pressure to hire him is immense. Do those voices overly influence Hurd's ability to conduct a thorough, wide-ranging search to find the absolute best candidate? The bottom line is, the politics of the situation put Hurd in a very difficult position. He has sounded out agents, and he has plenty of work ahead. Plus, he has the assistance of a search firm. But. He is doing all of that, well aware of the significant pressure from former players and some heavy hitters in the university community to hire one coach in particular, or potentially lose a lot of vital support. Greer also predicts UFL men's basketball will not get a postseason ban once the IARP process wraps up, but thinks former head coach and current Iona head coach Rick Pitino, along with two former assistant coaches, will end up with show cause penalties along with scholarship and financial punishments. Extra Points purveyor Matt Brown traveled to see the Grand Canyon campus and athletics operation in action last weekend, a visit marked by stellar student and overall attendance at baseball and men's basketball contests. On the famous GCU student-led Havoc group, Brown writes, "'Schools across the country visit Grand Canyon to try to figure out how they can capture some of this magic for themselves. Based on my trip here, I think that might be tough to do. Administrators and students were clear with me. They believe the GCU fan experience, the core of the Havoc, comes from a culture. A culture that in many ways is tied to the unique journey of the school. At the end of the day, GCU students are in their seats because they want to. They want to cheer for their team, hang out with their classmates, and support their friends. If your students don't want to do that, it's hard to see how any clever athletic department activation will change their minds. D1 ticker and Collegiate Sports Connect's Matt Roberts caught up with the Evansville Press and Courier Sports reporter Hendrix Magley to discuss how Southern Indiana's move to Division One will impact Evansville, what USI needs to do facilities-wise ahead of its transition, whether USI stakeholders will look to former GLVC rival Bellarmine as an example for a successful D1 transition, and a lot more, which you can find only on Connect. On the facilities front, Southern Miss and Weir Boner Allen Architecture have reached an agreement for $15 million worth of renovations to Reed Green Coliseum. The process is still in the feasibility and planning stage with no timetable for construction. The proposal includes broad upgrades to infrastructure, bathrooms, electrical and lighting, as well as getting codes up to snuff. Montana needs to raise $7.2 million in private funding, which Associate AD for development, Dan Ingram, expects will happen in the next few months to complete its new 110,000 square foot indoor athletics facility, which will be the first inflatable one in the Big Sky Conference. A permanent 100 yard synthetic football field, sprint lanes for track and training areas, long jump pits, pole vault bars and javelin throwing fields are part of the plans. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1TN5 for Thursday, February 24th. I'm Anthony Grassi, and be sure to check back in this afternoon.